Welcome back to 1A, a podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina. 1A is designed to take a brief but in-depth look at counseling issues from a pastoral perspective. Reverend Squires is the pastor of counseling here at First Presbyterian Church, and I'm the intern for biblical counseling, Josh Adair. This is the eighth episode in our series on sex and sexuality, and today we discuss a helpful framework for fighting the battle of sexual temptation surrounding pornography. If you have any comments about our show or a question about something you hear on this episode, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website at firstpresscolumbia.org. If you'd like to stay aware of new episodes, you can download our app. You can download our app by searching for First Presbyterian Church of Columbia SC in the app store of your choice. We hope this ministry is a blessing to you and those around you. Let's get to the conversation. Welcome back to our listeners again to 1A. We paused our discussion last time for the sake of length, and just to know and give you a little piece of where we were picking up from, Reverend Squires and I were in the middle of discussing what a biblically faithful sexual ethic looks like in the different seasons of life, and in particular our last episode, episode 7, was discussing what it looked like in the context of uh, single life. Um you know, we're, we're in the process of laying out what a biblically faithful expression of our sexuality looks like in singleness, married, and celibate. And last time, I think in particular, one thing that stuck out to me, Josh, about what you said was that ultimately all of our sexuality is, is a microcosm of us learning to live under the idea of whether we trust what God says in his word or not. And I think that's incredibly helpful for us uh, to think about our are even our most intimate forms of expression to one another uh, in our sexuality as something that's ultimately a response of listening to the voice of God in his word and how he's revealed what he expects of us, um, that we trust him and his word. But I thought it'd be really helpful for us to transition to practical realities that we're going to face and practical strategies we can employ of how do we actually begin to fight this area of sexual temptation in our lives as single people who are also in our current context of a pandemic setting. What does that look like according to how you are seeing things right now? Yeah. Well, and to be clear, I think that what you're going to see is we're not sure what the results of the pandemic are going to be. And that goes to economically, sociologically, all Mm -hmm. kinds of things. We're still in the middle of it, but I really think that you're going to see on the back end, even after the pandemic is over, terrible effects on people individually and their family through behaviors which have an addictive element that helped people get through times where they were scared or lonely or frustrated or whatever. And that's going to be things like pornography usage. I think you see a huge increase in pornography usage Mm -hmm. and people who are addicted to pornography increase in people who are alcoholic or have overused alcohol, uh, marijuana, any of those addictive substances, you're going to see an increase in that particular thing, maybe gambling as well. So even though that when the pandemic ends, I don't think we're through the end of this sharp increase in pornography usage. I think we're just then at the point where people are going to be ha- have to address it, right? Mm. Now, what do we do in order to maybe prevent going down that particular trail, mm-hmm. especially in a moment where we are more isolated? And the truth is, is that you have to be more intentional. You're probably mm-hmm. not going to fight this battle very well if it's all happenstance. Yeah. If you don't have a battle plan. There's no passivity. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's, this is something that, because it's so surreptitious and so easy to fall into, and yep. it's so reinforcing in some ways physiologically in our behavior, yep. 
it doesn't just change without intentional, conscientious effort. That's right. You know, I think a good example of this is, practically speaking, I can't tell you the number of men that I know and have talked to about this issue or counseled them, and they've they've said, oh, man, I just really want this to be on, not an issue for me anymore. Yeah. But then they take they balk at the idea of just taking practical, happen, non-happenstance measures yep. to limit their accessibility even. Something yep. like an internet software or internet yep. filter, filtering yep. service. The way that that begins to impinge upon their freedom and their perspective. And I know in that moment, if they're not willing to take those those steps, it's yep. going to be fraught with failure from the start. That's right. And really, this is the key to all sanctification. Sure. Is you need 100% the activity of the Holy Spirit, but you need 100% activity mm. of the person battling sin. Absolutely. Right? And so if you don't have both 100%, you are definitely going to fall and fail here. Yeah. What that also does is that it reminds us that the very first step is not towards our own activity, but it's towards prayer. Mm. Right, because if we first try in our own effort, we're going to fail, and we're going to get this sense of determined failure. Mm-hmm. We're always going to fail here. Mm-hmm. So why even try? Because I yeah. know I'm going to fail, and I'm exhausted, and I'm already exhausted from the pandemic and work and whatever else. So this is my respite, and you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it right, mm-hmm. as if there's no consequence when there are tragic, terrible consequences that happen. However. We need to be first those who go and pray. So if pornography, in fact, I would almost say regardless of if pornography has been a place of significant struggle for you, that this is a version of or or an expression of, probably a better way of saying it, of Christ's telling us, lead me not into temptation. Mm. Right? Absolutely. that you have to pray that the Lord would keep you and the Holy Spirit would help you. Now, mm-hmm. that's again, that's not the end. It's not like mm-hmm. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to go on Instagram and <laughs> you know follow all these beautiful young women that and look at their pictures. That was such a good prayer time. I wonder what's going on on Facebook right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, like if there's one place that seems to be the source of temptation more than any other, even for people who are engaged. So there's one thing if it's like, you know, I'm just... I'm tired of battling and I have this temptation and I'm going to go find pornography and you can go find it in any number of places. But it's another thing to feel kind of out of left field. This temptation came along and that is almost always social media. Now Mm. it used to be things like television and movies and, you know, all kinds of places, but now it is almost singularly, social media, Mm. Facebook, Instagram, even Pinterest, and whatever else. I don't even know because I'm not on social media, all Mm. the social media places that it can be. Yeah. So, you know, we pray down heaven, Holy Spirit, help us here. Make us the men and women that we are supposed to be as sexual shepherds for ourselves and our future spouses. And then secondly, we have plans for this is how I'm keeping myself out of the area of boredom and loneliness in as much as possible. Be around people, um, have things to do, have a to-do list, redeem the time. Even in my recreation, even in my rest, I'm going to have an intentional recreation and rest. Yeah, This is what I do that I know helps restore me, and so that's what I'm going to do. And these are things that I know that help me relax and wind down from the end of the day, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to walk happenstancely into, well... Mm-hmm. I've got an hour and a half here and I don't really 
you know, da, 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 let I'll me just find something. I'll just go catch up on that Netflix series I was wanting to catch up on. Yeah. Not and, to say that that's bad. Right. But you just want to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And especially in this season, you really do need to be intentional if you're going to make it through well. Yeah. One of the things that I've heard John Piper often use is yeah. he gave an, like a, he's, he's given so many different acronyms on this battle, but one that stuck with me from my days when I was in college trying to, to, to survey my own battle against this is, is the idea of halt. You know, if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, yeah. go find something to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a great acronym. So it's like it, it, it's, we, we tend to, to let so much of our media and so much of our passive sort of stance and posture towards life yeah. direct the, the streams that we naturally flow into. But right. there's something very helpful in that acronym of like, if these are the times where I'm most likely to to be uh, thinking along these lines, if I have a, a, a different spiritual appetite or a physical appetite that's not being met, yep. one of the problems is I've, I've, I'm, I'm going to be more prone in that season to look to some sort of sexual temptation to let that meet a an appetite that's, that's a totally legitimate and good thing, yep. but cannot be cannot actually be met that way, which is also another source of the frustration of it. Yeah. But it's the idea of just that intentionality there, again, of if you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, find something else to do. Have a list right. of hobbies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, like, you got to know what are your temptations. Where, you, where mm-hmm. are you most likely to be tempted? Do not have yourself alone back in your bedroom with a screen at 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Absolutely. Keep keep the phone out in common areas set them down, turn them off, use an actual alarm clock and not your phone is your alarm clock, mm-hmm. whatever you have to do. But if you know this is where I'm tempted, then make sure you try your best to avoid those things. Now, understanding that we can't perfectly avoid, you need other things in place too. Those other things are things like you mentioned earlier, where it's uh, software on our phones, on our tablets, on our computers, televisions, anything that can get to the internet needs to have some sort of software on it. Absolutely. So that you have some accountability and there's something to get in the way of that momentary temptation Yeah, that can push you back. Yeah, I think of it in terms of how uh, John Calvin speaks of self-denial as part of our being conformed to the image of Jesus. He says... He says in his little book on the Christian life, uh, there are many reasons why we ourselves must spend our lives subject to a constant cross. First of all, there's the fact that unless our weaknesses are regularly displayed to us, we easily overestimate our own virtue. We don't doubt that our virtue will remain whole and unconquered in the face of whatever difficulties may come, so we're drawn to a foolish and inflated view of ourselves. And so Calvin is basically saying like part of the pattern of self-denial is recognizing that pride is our greatest enemy. And right. in any ways that we're going to be prone to pride in this battle for temptation, we have to recognize that the pattern of being a disciple of Jesus is recognizing our weakness, yes. recognizing we cannot trust ourselves. Yep. And and if this is an area of temptation for us, it's because we couldn't handle it yep. and we need the Lord's grace to sustain us in the middle of it. That's right. So... You know, have have a plan not to end up in the area of temptations. Have structures in place so that if you end up in an area of temptation, let's say you had plans with a friend that fell through. Now it's nine thirty or ten o'clock. You really didn't have any backup plans. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, most of us don't have backup plans, right? Yeah. 
And all of a sudden you find yourself, oh, let me just check on Facebook and see what people are doing. And there's a picture there. And for whatever reason, boom, it's a source of temptation for you. That's why you need the stuff installed on your phone and on your computer to help push you there. You also need accountability partners. You need a human Mm -hmm. to whom you can be accountable, who knows how to ask you the question, how are you doing in your struggle with porn and pornography? Mm. Because having to tell another human, I have slipped and fallen or I'm doing okay is actually a really good way to help prevent future pornography usage, but also encourage when you aren't using pornography. Absolutely. Now you can lie to your accountability partner. Yeah. Right. Some people go on this rant about like, I don't, I don't like accountability partners because you can always lie. Of course you can lie. You can, you can deceive whoever it's about making sure you have multiple systems in place so that if you get to the place where you're lying, Mm-hmm. that someone can call you out and recognize it and yeah. say, you've got a problem here. We need to address this mm. or get you further help. And mm-hmm. then that would be the next step for me. If you feel like, or if you think I am powerless against this, mm. first off, we know scripturally that's not true. You have the power of God yeah. in you. If you are a believer, you have the Holy spirit. Right? Absolutely. However, some people need extra accountability, extra steps, people who have thought through this for a long time, who have specialty here, special training, can connect you with others who have gone through this and therefore their experience might be helpful. And so something like a sexual addicts group, we have one that functions here at our counseling center. They have very technical expertise. Uh, there's also a group, I think it's called Harvest USA. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which it's a great is group. A great group, a biblical <laughs> counseling-focused group uh, battling porn and pornography. I believe they have one that meets in Charlotte at Kevin DeYoung's church. Sure. So there are particular places that you can go if you think, okay, all of this on my own is not helpful. I keep finding myself to the point where I do feel like it has power over me. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I just occasionally trip into. It's got power over me. It orders my day. Mm-hmm. I can't function without it. To, the idea of not viewing pornography brings me into a great depression. If it yeah. begins to get to that place, you probably need more sustained, structured, and educated help to get you through. Mm-hmm. And that's where you begin to think about some of the physiological realities behind this as an issue in a single person's life. You know, there's there's... To put it in perspective where you might reach that place, I've heard before from Dr. Barbie and at the Counseling Center that if you were to take a picture of uh, someone who is routinely in that place of viewing pornography, engaging, and sexually acting out in that way, their, a picture, uh, an MRI scan of their brain yeah. actually looks similar to a cocaine addict's brain. That's exactly right. And that's the same up to 90 days out. Yeah. And so it's like, it's it's very interesting to think that oh, I've got this, we might be prone to think, oh, I, this is just a spiritual problem. I just, this is a self-discipline problem. Yep. But I think that's operating out of a shunted view of our understanding of ourselves as human beings, that right. physiologically there might be something going on. That's right. That's also serving to reinforce this and that we need that help. That's right. You get large doses of dopamine, which mm-hmm. is kind of the addiction Absolutely. hormone. And every time you have sex or engage in a sexual act your brain just floods with that which Mm -hmm. is fantastic yeah but if you're using pornography regularly every day multiple hours a day like your brain can't handle actually that much and so it learns to give you less and less and less even throughout the day Mm -hmm. let alone when you engage in that activity to the point like much like an alcoholic 
who gets to the place of alcoholism where they need alcohol to function. Yeah. The alcohol doesn't make them inebriated. The alcohol makes them able to actually function. Mm-hmm. Right? You can get to a place where pornography is the thing that helps your brain have enough neurochemicals to keep you engaged in the world. Absolutely. That is a terrifying place. In fact, Philip Zimbardo, who is famous throughout the world of psychology, kind of probably his most famous thing is the Stanford Prison Experiment, which we could talk about famous psychology experiments till I'm blue in the face. But he's huge in the world of psychology. He did a recent TED Talk, and he was talking about the two things that scare him most about the future of America. And the number one thing for him was people who are addicted to pornography and the fact that more and more young men have pornography-induced impotence. Mm. They cannot perform with a real-life human mm. because they've trained their brain to be addicted to all of these images. Mm. If you get to that point, there is no shame in saying, I need more intentional and structured help mm-hmm. by going and talking to one of these groups, mm. a professional. Sometimes there are even places you go where you go away again, just like someone who's struggling with alcoholism mm-hmm. that help kind of detox your brain. If that's where you are, brother or sister, you got to attack this mm-hmm. and you got to kill it quickly or it will own you yeah. for a long time. Much like alcohol can destroy your life, yeah. this sort of addiction can destroy your life. Absolutely. And so, uh, it, you know, and so I see, uh, to just review where we've been in terms of a phys- like a practical strategy. We want to pray down heaven. We yep. want to practically come up with strategies of avoidance of how are we going to come up and avoid us. Could be, yep. could be software, could be relationships that are going to help hold us accountable. Yep. Or it could be some other means of, yep. of finding a different place to be, different hobbies to partake of. Right. Then we also want to have structures in place of what we're actually going to do when that moment comes. We're going to know what actually serves as a source of our temptation. Yeah. And then, again, all of this is in the context of good accountability within the local body of, of right. the Lord Jesus. Right. And then finally, if we reach that point, we can't where this is, is something that's owning us spiritually. We cannot be closed off to the idea of of needing help from a clinically trained professional. Right. And there are groups locally that we can point you to, as well as even less locally, more remote. But right. So, Josh, I, I think this is super practical. Mm-hmm. This is, again, nothing new under the sun for right. how we fight this. Yep. Uh, but a good question is, it'd be helpful to end on the idea of why does this in particular matter for this season of life for singles? Yeah, so sexual purity is really important for people, even people who are in long-term relationships, even people who might be engaged. You might be on the precipice of being covenantally committed. Mm. And the choice to trust the Lord and his word more than you trust your own intuition and desires Mm. is the meta skill, the skill above skills that will keep you in good stead for your entire life. So if you feel, hey, I'm lonely and I want to go look at some pornography because I have a sexual desire and need, but instead you're willing to capture that under the word and say, no, 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 I can't do that. Lord's made it very clear. Sexuality is only for those who are married one to another. Let me spend some time praying and combating this. Mm. Or if you're single but connected to someone and you think, I love this person 
and I want to be intimate with them. I'm already intimate with them spiritually. We pray together. I'm already intimate with them emotionally. They know me better than anyone else. And now I want to be intimate with them physically. I want them to know me physically more mm-hmm. than anyone else, which is why Scripture uses yada, no, yeah. as the way of talking about sex and sexuality. The choice not to do that, even though everything inside of you is pointing in that direction, mm is the ability to say, I trust God and his word Mm. more than I trust myself. Man, it goes back to, again, did God really say? That's right. Did he really say? And can you take him at his word as a trustworthy and faithful representation of his own heart and his character for us? That's right. That's, you know, we've we've talked previously about the realities behind our Lord's own understanding of this realization. And we need to understand, it's so desperate that, that we understand that our our Lord is one who is not unfaithful to us in this way, but actually provides everything that we need for the ability to actually overcome this area of temptation in our lives. Amen. So, And I would say lastly, just for anybody who's listening, if you've struggled with this, mm-hmm. if pornography has been a, a deal for you that has had power and control and you're struggling with the ramifications of that, and they may be very real ramifications in your life and the life of a spouse, maybe even you're beginning to see it in your children who have been exposed to it somehow through your own exposure, mm. I just want you to know that the grace of Christ is sufficient for you. Yes, as as we've mentioned it before, Dane Ortland in his book, uh, Gentle and Lonely, says it it is our sins that ignite the compassion of our Savior. Right, right. You can still run to Him. You can mm-hmm. still go to the cross, and He doesn't look at you and hold His nose. Yeah, right. He mm-hmm. loves you, and He opens His arms and He says, "Come to me." Right. Mm-hmm. So, the, even in the midst of this, we need to be we need to be those who are killing this sin every moment it raises its head. Mm-hmm. But for the times when you don't do that, because we all sin, as the as the catechism tells us, in thought and word and deed every day, mm. and if we're honest, every hour of every day, mm. and if we're really honest, probably every minute of every day, mm. maybe not in this area, but we sin, there's still grace, hmm. right? So don't don't forget God's grace and mercy and your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, even in the midst of this. Yeah, and it's uh, it's something that your body wants to help your spiritual body wants to help you pursue the Lord Jesus in to help you overcome. So, Amen. Um, well, it, this has been so helpful, Josh. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. It's it's an area that uh, you and I have both had a lot of experience in. If there's again something in this episode that has triggered your understanding of I might need some help, please feel free to reach out to Josh or I. You can reach Josh Squires at jsquires at firstpresscolumbia.org or me, Josh Adair, jadair at firstpresscolumbia.org. We'd love to talk with you about this. Until next time, thanks so much. <laughs>